This week on The Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series with the always controversial O.Co. Coliseum, the home of the Oakland Athletics. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team and we'll be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our more regular episodes that we will be dropping every couple of weeks. Make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss one of our guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. What if one day you said that and I was totally silent, but it still meant that I was here? <laughs> I think it would not be really fun for our listeners. I no, think. maybe they would have a black... What do you think, listeners? <laughs> what do you think? I think dead air on podcasts is the pretty much number one rule of what not to do is no dead air. But... Today is another special stadium series day. We it have is. no guests. Right now we have no one sitting across from Anthony. We just have an empty mic. It's like Elijah. Uh, for you know, We're waiting for Elijah to come. Uh, I have no idea. That's a reference that I know, but I'm not entirely sure. Passover. I know the entire it's mythos. There it is. Passover. Uh, so uh, we have a third empty mic sitting here. But so we can discuss and continue our stadium series and talk about the gorgeous... Yes, gorgeous, no, he's beautiful, being facetious. spectacular. Uh, facetious alert. O.co. Overstock.com. Oh, boy. What a name. Coliseum. The oh. O.co. I just call it the Coliseum. Yeah. But the home of the Oakland Athletics. So the biggest thing about the day that I went, because this is one of the few stadii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to call them stadii, but no, <laughs> that's stupid. Stadiums that uh, I went to without... Manish. Hmm. Um, but here's the cool thing is that I went there with my sister Alyssa, uh, her daughters, um, Audrey and Hetty. And Hetty's uh, a little baby. Um, and Aud- Audrey is almost around three ish when we went. I can't remember, two something. Um, and a bundle of energy, <laughs> to say the least. But the, the really special uh, factor of going that day with, with, uh, Alyssa and her daughters is that her husband, my brother-in-law, Hal Morris, who I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, is a former major league ball player. He won a world series with the Cincinnati Reds and that series in 1990 that he won was played in Cincinnati and in Oakland. So as we were walking from the car to the stadium, he was like, say he turned to his daughter and he was like, hey, Audrey, guess what your dad did here? 
Like he he won he won a World Series here. <laughs> so yeah, because they won on the road, they that swept. Is so beautiful. Oh, that is so amazing. So that was, uh, you know, to say that was a bonus was sort of an understatement. So I mean, he is the scout for the uh, Los well, Angeles the, I believe Angels. I'm not sure exact, his exact title. I think it's the head of professional scouting, or he's like in the scouting department. But he's sure. like. But he worked for the Los Angeles Angels of, of Anaheim. Anaheim now. So yeah. in the same division. And I, they were playing the Angels that day. Well, so, I'm, so I'd, I'd be curious, does, does he, I don't know if you talked about this, but does he get to the Coliseum often or does he, is that a place that, could you get a sense of, was this one of the first times he'd been there in a while or had he been there recently? I think he'd been there, yeah. I think that he does a lot of, though, like advanced, he does a lot of scouting for like possible trades. Okay, so within um, the major league, so within, so he's going to other ballparks yeah. and, and check, okay. But he's uh, also overseeing, so I'm not sure how much lately he's been himself. We gotta traveling. get him on the podcast. Yeah. That's, we really yeah. need to speak to him, but uh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Now, did his daughter have any sense of what that meant? Hard or to tell. I mean, she's such a little, exactly, yeah, you know, she's little so, ragamuffin, she's so tiny. you know. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, Alyssa is certainly very proud of that and excited by that fact too, you know. But uh, it is a dump. I mean, <laughs> Wait a minute. we are talking about something so lovely. I know, but that's, and then just hard left turn. Yeah, yeah, that's part it of it. Is. Like he had this like <laughs> idyllic, you know, this fantastic memory. This was nineteen ninety, correct? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. So right and after then, the earthquake. Yep. And then we walk in, and it's a dump. Yeah, I mean, it so is fall, I mean, literally falling apart. Like well, there's like, things yeah. that are just it's, like you can see them. So you've you never feel been to a football like it's game, gonna correct? Fall down. You said you've I, never been to a football game, correct? Never been. An NFL, never, an NFL never, football never been game. to an NFL game. No, I don't think I've ever been to a high school football game. I've you've never, never been to a no. football game ever? No. Interesting. Well, yeah, you were acting and whatnot in high school, so you didn't really go to your high school football game, no. one would imagine. Um, okay, well then, I will say, as a human person who has been to many, 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 many football games, it's when you walk in that place, it 100% feels like an NFL stadium. And it, the smells, the feeling, the cold concrete walls, the it feels like a football stadium, which is a good thing for football, you know, and it, and it feels like, all right, we're ready to go to war and go to battle and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But from a baseball perspective, and so when I did my tour and I was going from ballpark to ballpark to ballpark to ballpark and this time I'm kind of glad you were able to go this year as opposed to like 10 years ago when you were just kind of randomly going to baseball stadiums because you were already in the mindset of being to many other ballparks before that and comparing and contrasting them so I think it was a lot more jarring to you to be like oh wow this is not this does not feel like a baseball stadium at yeah. all and yeah it's just and where did you guys sit if you remember we sat uh like <coughs> Uh, third base side, but close to the field, correct? Yeah, close to the field. And how close to the field did you feel, even though you were sitting theoretically close to the field? Fine. Yeah, like maybe we were first base side. It was we were sort of like kind of middle-ish. Because what I'm getting right. at is there is so much foul ground there. Yeah, no, I and didn't. I didn't mind that. See, I did because I, I mean, sat behind home plate, which is where I like to sit, and it felt like I was miles away from the action. Like it just it felt so disconnected from what was happening. Uh, I went to two games there. And uh, the second game, I actually did sit by the visitor's bullpen because they still have the bullpens on the field um, yes. as they do in certain ballparks. Some of the Wrigley. older ballparks. Not so much, not anymore. Well, yes, now, but they're going to be moving yes, uh, yes, Wrigley's. Yes, currently Wrigley. San Francisco. Um, uh, San Francisco does... Um, 
there's a couple more that do that I'm blanking because my brain is not working at peak capacity at this moment. But uh, is it ever Munish? Sometimes ever? I get I get rare moments. Okay, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I was I was sitting there, and this kind of leads me into where I think you and I both agree with something. While it may be by a country mile the worst ballpark in the country, they have the best fans, I believe. As far as live fans in the stadium in all the baseball, among I mean I can't you know it's hard for me to say the best anything because it's I think I think when it comes great. to the people that was, show up, it was up. a mid-season game that I went to, and it was you know against the Angels, so it was division rival, but neither team was at the time particularly you know like the Angels were sort of doing okay, but they you know sure. They weren't doing great, and the A's certainly were having a rough season. So it wasn't like a what you'd call think of as like a meaningful game in the same way that some some games can be between, especially between rivals. But yeah, the the crowd was very into the game, and uh, so yeah, they had a really good vibe for sure. And the, and they were like friend. The, I thought the staff was really friendly there, like yeah. getting food. Although the food selection is pretty poor. Yeah, no, the food there was um, not great. Um, they didn't have oh it drove me nuts they didn't have my mini ice cream helmet when i was there uh because if you if, if for those of you who've been following along uh, on my 30 stadium tour i was getting a mini helmet of ice cream at all 30 parks and oakland they did not have it and i was putting a kink in my plans but i met this very 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 lovely man called himself coco fingers i brought him up on the podcast before i'll throw a picture of him up on on the website he wears a mask a a um and on the mask there is a Raleigh Fingers mustache and a Coco Crisp Afro yellow Afro green mask, and he is just a wackadoo and I adore him because he and his group of crazy uh characters are out there in the bleachers and they show up to every game and they got noisemakers and they got flags and they've got all sorts of nonsense and they are so involved in every single pitch they've taken the theat the theatricality of Raider Nation, which uh, we've discussed on the podcast before. Raider Nation, the Oakland Raiders, the football team in Oakland, they have those guys. I'm sure you've seen it. They look like guys from Mad Max or Demolition Man or whatever, like with crazy spikes on their shoulders and like black and white face paint. And they cosplay basically as these road warrior type people. The only problem is they also get annihilated on alcohol. And so it's a very scary place for a person to watch a game. <laughs> God. At the Coliseum for Sounds baseball season. Delightful. Well, at the baseball uh, uh during the baseball season, similar type of 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 costuming and intensity sands the alcohol. And so it is much more um welcoming. And I had my Tigers hat on and the Tigers had eliminated the, the A's two years in a row um uh, out, out of the playoffs and so I very easily could have gotten some some razzing, but they could not have been nicer to me and more welcoming to me. And every chant that is started in that ballpark is organic. There was no, everybody clap your hands. Yeah, there was none of that. It was, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It drives all of us crazy, or at least drives me crazy. Um, but it would a, a, a section would start chanting something, and all of a sudden the entire ballpark is doing it. Mm. Uh, when I was there, they were doing the Bernie Lean, if you remember that at all. It was from Weekend at Bernie's um, when... You know, Bernie uh, uh, is dead and kind of sort of leaning back and dancing and whatnot. And they, they created the Bernie lean. And the, all of a sudden, the entire crowd is leaning back as if they're dead and like, you know, waving their arms. It's just so silly and, and fun, ultimately. 
That is such a random. Right? <laughs> I don't get it. That movie was, what, in the yes, mid-80s? What? Yes. What? And all of a sudden, we're referencing Weekend at Bernie's, which, you know, it's they've got a fantastic fan base. Yes. And, you know, I went to two games there, and they won one, they lost one. I genuinely don't remember which game they won and which one they lost because they were losing their minds from first pitch to final out both times. Yeah, they were, yeah, it, there weren't people leaving. No. I mean, and it was cold when I was there. It was cold. I mean, it was, it was, nice, it was a beautiful. Oh, see, it was there. cold when I was there. And they were given hot chocolate, you know, in the seventh, eighth innings and whatnot. But people had their blankets. People brought their families. There were babies sitting around me. Like it was, it was, you know, and the tickets weren't nearly as expensive as there were other places. Um, it's, it's, you just need a new ballpark. I mean, it's, oh, it's, boy, uh, please. The, I, I keep saying this, but the year that they build them a 38,000-seat baseball-only stadium is the year that they win 120 games and they win the World Series in a walk. Like, it is, it will be the scariest place to play a baseball game and, and the best, they'll have the best home field advantage in the country if they just build them a ballpark, you know? And I don't understand, Oakland, you guys, you will get, I get you're a small market team, I guess, you know, I get that there's issues with, I don't know, San Francisco maybe, or San Jose, or whoever it is that's that's getting in the pro, getting in the way here of you guys doing what you need to do, but you will bring so much money into that city, because you will win so many World Series. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Fix yourselves, Oakland. I want to really like you, but that ballpark, ugh. Where, <laughs> in the tier... Oh, bottom. The worst. Yeah. Do you, do you think it is the of, worst? You think it is? The, yeah, just, yeah, just the, the ballpark. Yeah, yes. the ballpark itself. 100% worst. Yeah, I think, I, I think he's right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think... <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I hate saying that, but yeah. Yeah, but the, you know, it's still... Go see a game there. Oh, God, yeah. Because the atmosphere. It is. The atmosphere there is incredible. I absolutely... I, I've been to a, a bunch of games there since now, and, and I love it every time. It's, since it's, now. I've been to since, a bunch of games... Since then. Since, since, since then. Time travel has entered the clubhouse. <laughs> All right. So the, uh, the the interview that I did uh, for the rounding third uh, episode of this podcast is going to be I uh, when I went there actually uh, who was it was it, I think it was, they were giving away Reddick jerseys, uh, Josh Reddick jerseys uh, to the first X amount of people that showed up, and so myself and my buddy Ryan Rindler, who you guys have heard on the uh, Colorado Rockies uh, episode of this podcast, he and I went to the game together there in Oakland and we showed up many, 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 many hours before first pitch. So we could all stand in line to get our free Reddick jerseys. Um, and so I, I interviewed a, a young man standing in line with his kid, just about the wackiness of the Coliseum. And yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy that interview with this young fan. So thank you, Anthony. Thank you. I, we thank you for listening. We will see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives. 
like our chat with actor Mackenzie Aston. In this clip, Mac tells us a story about a prank pulled on Kirk Gibson of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Tigers, uh, I guess, got into a little trouble with collusion and uh, were uh, disallowed from uh, retaining uh, Kirk Gibson in uh, 1987. And so he was a free agent for the 1988 season and uh, and he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And on the first day of spring training, uh, Jesse Orozco, who had recently arrived from the Mets, uh, thought it'd be funny to take some shoe polish and put it on the inside of uh, Kirk Gibson's cap so that when uh, Kirk Gibson put his cap on, the shoe polish would come off on his forehead. And when he took his cap off, the shoe polish would still be there, and all the fans (laughs) in the stands would see that big black mark on his face. And so it happened, and Kirk Gibson uh, got real upset about it and stormed into the dugout and told the manager, Tommy Lasorda, that he wasn't going to put up with this kind of hijink stuff because his whole goal was to be there to win a dang championship and that people had better stop messing around like this or else uh, it's just not going to work. And that changed the tone of the whole season. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, The Oakland Athletics, and O.Co. Coliseum. As I mentioned before in uh, some previous podcasts, I'm often asked what my favorite stadium is. And I always tell people that it's it's a tough question to answer. After going to the Coliseum, I unfortunately believe that I may have found my answer to what is the worst stadium in America. Now, hold on a second, Oakland fans. Before you start yelling at your uh, computers or your earbuds or whatever it is you're listening to this on or through... You may not have the best stadium in the world, but without a shadow of a doubt, Oakland has the best fans in baseball. A lot of stadiums claim that they have, oh, we have the best fans in sports. Welcome to, insert your city's name here, home of the best fans in baseball. And that's lovely and that's wonderful, but I'm here to tell you, objectively speaking, this was my 16th stadium and by far, the craziest, rowdiest, most passionate, intelligent fans I've met were in Oakland. I still have quite a long ways to go, so we'll see how I feel by the end of this tour. But of the 16 stadiums so far, I've yet to have an experience quite like the one I had in Oakland. I ended up going to two games in Oakland, and they won one of the games and they lost one of the games. And I honestly couldn't tell you which one they won and which one they lost. From first pitch to final out, these lunatics were just losing their minds. It it created an environment that you just have to be there live to fully appreciate. One of the reasons why I did not like the stadium as a piece of architecture is, let's face it, it's a football stadium. And because of it, it's a football stadium, it's massive. It's huge. And... If you're watching the game on TV, or even if you're in the stadium, a lot of that noise goes right up in the air. There's so many people making so much noise, but it just goes straight up. And you lose some of that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as, as chaotic as it is when you're actually sitting in the stands. I, I'm, for, the, for the first game, I had some pretty decent seats, and I was sitting uh, a couple of rows behind home plate. But even sitting there, I felt like I was 100 feet away from, from the field. You're just so spread out. You're so away from the action that 
it's almost like you're divorced from what's going on there. It's almost like you're watching it on TV. You're so far away. But giving credit to those fans, they don't seem to care. You know, they are just, they got people dressing up in, in all sorts of wacky costumes. And, and you know, basically they've taken the, the kind of scary aspect of Raider Nation, which, you know, for those of you who have not seen the Oakland Raiders football team, you know, their fans are, are even more, um, uh, let's just call them colorful than you can imagine. These are the guys that I'm sure you've seen wearing the spikes on their shoulders and the black and or the silver and black uh, face paint, and they look kind of like they're out of Mad Max or some sort of post-apocalyptic society, and they just get smashed. And I'd just say that if I was to do this, this type of, of stadium tour uh, with football stadiums, I would not be wearing Detroit Lions gear or any other team's gear in O.Co. Coliseum to see a Raiders game. Because the fans can get a little intense. But what I loved about the fans for an athletics game is they have the same type of creativity, the same type of passion, the same type of love for their team without the overconsumption of alcohol that's going to then cross that line into scary. So it ends up being just really kind of a fun day at the park where you get to see some really cool people. Uh, You can actually check out the website, roundingthird.net, for my post about my time in Oakland uh, uh, in Oakland and some great pictures of just some of the the interesting fans and, and kind of what they wear. Unfortunately, since I didn't get seats in the bleachers, I really couldn't get pictures of individuals. Um, but I did see from a distance guys walking around in masks and in crazy wigs and green spandex. And apparently there's a gentleman that I missed, unfortunately, who walks around wearing a giant foam a um kind of like a mascot a i guess and it's just it's it's one of these things where you go to a lot of ball games and and you go to a baseball game and you're expected to kind of sit there and relax and kind of have a beer talk to the person next to you really kind of enjoy yourself they don't let you do that in oakland (laughs) in oakland you better be focusing on the field and you better be cheering on that team because every out matters and they're not going to let that team give away an out. And they're going to heckle and and be on whatever those poor outfielders are that, that are standing near the bleachers. Um, for game two, I sat along the third base line, but I was pretty close to the um, uh, to right field. And Shane Victorino, God bless him, was just subjected to about two and a half hours of merciless ribbing and heckling. Uh, I mean, he, he did his best to chuckle, and at, at a certain point or two, he turned around and flipped off the crowd, which obviously only egged them on and, and made them even rowdier and crazier and more proud of themselves. But this is what I feel old school baseball is all about. You know, the, the heckling, by the way, wasn't crass, wasn't filled with obscenities or or racial epithets or anything like that, which I have seen in, in other ballparks before. It was for the most part clever and and funny and specific to a player, which is my favorite type of heckling. You know, if you can ever get on someone specifically for his stats or you dig in and, and you start uh, you do some research on him and you make fun of him about his high school stats or, or his, you know, anything that you can get from his past that once again is all above board and 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 um, related to the game of baseball and not towards his family or, or friends or anything like that. 
it's there's no better time to me than when you see a hometown crowd really getting on the opposing team. I mean, the one benefit of Oakland Stadium, which I do like, which I, I kind of waffle back and forth, which which with where I like the bullpen placement, uh, do I like it on the field of play? Do I like it, uh, or at least in foul territory, or do I like it behind a fence? And I got to admit that Oakland's bullpen, which is I, I sat and basically in row two, directly next to the Boston Red Sox bullpen, who uh, the A's are playing for these games, and you can reach out and touch, you know, the the bullpen pitchers, which obviously you should never do, and 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 thankfully no one even attempted, but that does allow for some, I mean unbelievably funny back and forth between the bullpen uh, catcher or pitchers and, and the, the local talent there that that's just, that gets season tickets around those, that, that bullpen so they can do their part to help their team and just mercilessly attack, attack the entire game and just mocking them and making fun of them. And it really is. It's, it's, it's a completely unique experience. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, this is my 16th stadium out of 30. And look, I met some incredible people in in St. Louis. I had so much fun in Atlanta. The stadium in Baltimore was fantastic. I enjoyed my time in in Tampa, you know, at at the Tropicana Field, which I thought I was not going to enjoy. So, I mean, every stadium has had something kind of special and unique about it that I've enjoyed. But as far as just fan interaction or, or pure fan involvement with the play on the field, just noises coming out of people's faces. This is by a wide margin, the most unique environment I've ever watched a baseball game in. And I, I, there's, there's plenty of people that I meet who, you know, love to tell me, you know, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big, big basketball fan. I, I even, I'm a big hockey fan. I just can't get into baseball. It's just too boring. It's too slow. You know, the same tired, hacky excuses that, that we get. Now, look, honestly, I, I, I say tired and hacky. It's just because I, I hear it so often, but I do empathize. I get it. If you, I don't know why you would be listening to this, but if you are listening to this and you're not necessarily a big baseball fan, I get it. I understand. You know, to the uninitiated, to those who, who may not have grown up following this sport or have not really paid attention to it, um, for a, a, a plethora of reasons, I get why, why when you watch it, you might think, oh my goodness, there's just nothing's happening. It's so slow. It's so boring. And I don't even mean to say, oh, you just don't get it. You don't need to get it. I understand. But when you go to Oakland, all that it, it disappears. I will never hear an excuse like that. If you live in the Bay Area and you have the option of going to an Oakland uh, athletics game and your excuse is that it's too boring, it's too slow, then I just know you're just a flat-out liar and that you are you just have no interest and you're just looking to bash a sport that you know nothing about because I honestly believe it's impossible to go to a game at the Coliseum and not be entertained. Now, I am also of the opinion that any ball game you go to, you know, whether it's in the quietest uh, park in America, you're still going to find some engaging aspect of the play on the field, the stadium itself, the atmosphere of the people, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are, you know, an, adre- an adrenaline junkie, or you're an alpha, or you're someone who really needs that oh, on the edge of your seat, let's go. Then 
there's there's no excuse for you not to come out to the Coliseum because it is it is. I mean, I I can't say enough positive things about it. You know, and I'm I'm glad actually because I will I will be fully transparent. When I walked in to the stadium, when I when I walked into the gates, and I looked up at at, at the just cold concrete walls surrounding me and it, it just felt like a prison you know where i mean look it felt like a football stadium but it felt like you know in the middle of the summer you you expect to smell the grass and smell the hot dogs and hear the kids laughing or hear all the the noises of of baseball and hearing the the ball pop off the mitt or or, or the, you know the crack of the bat and when you walk through that stadium, you just you it's you hear nothing. The acoustics walking on the concourse are terrible because a you're so far away from the action, and b it's it's all concrete. All all the noise gets sucked up into the walls. So for the first I don't know fifteen twenty minutes, maybe even longer than that. Actually, if I'm being honest, uh, pretty much until the game started, I was actually pretty miserable. <laughs> I was I was really upset at at how. You know, the city of Oakland, Major League Baseball, we as fans have allowed the A's to play in that abomination and and not given them their own stadium. I get it. It's Moneyball, Billy Bean, saving money. Good for you. But that fan base deserves a stadium that can live up to their standard. I, I believe I mentioned this in my, my write-up uh, at runningthird.net. But I'm going to say it again right here because I, I believe it's important. I am no longer giving any credit to Mr. Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, Mr. Moneyball. Lovely man, smart man. You don't get the credit anymore. It was, it's not his shrewd scouting or, or his great signings or, or trades that, that is making this team play so incredibly well on a, you know, with players that... Like I said, when they've got they've got a, a lineup of eight and nine hitters, you know, and and they somehow are on their way once again to winning another another uh, uh, division title. It's not Billy Bean, folks. Uh, I'm here to tell you, it is 100 percent that fan base. They will that team to win when they are down. They are louder than if it's the ninth inning in a one-run game in a save situation with two outs in any other stadium I've ever been to. If it's the fourth inning and they're down by two, these fans are losing their minds. If it's the, the sixth inning and they're up by nine, they're still going crazy. They never lose interest. They never start meandering. They never start focusing on anything else but the game. They are a part of this team in a very real way. You know, as I, as I sit here and I remember my time at the Coliseum, I think I'm putting it all together that one of the reasons why so many of the fans are, are just laser focused on the play on the field is the Coliseum itself is pretty bare bones. There are very few food options as far as comparing to the other stadiums that have wide variety and stands all over the place. I mean, there's, there's a couple of sections where you can get food and there's kind of a cafeteria type area on the top floor, but for the most part, 
it's a pretty standard fare and it's all centrally located. There is, you know, your your fast pitch and batting cages and whatnot, but that's all the way up on the top level. So on the main floor, aside from a small little memorabilia area and a uh, Irish pub, there really isn't much distractions. You know, if if you're not a baseball fan, if you're not interested on or interested in watching at least eight of the nine innings of play, you probably want to find a different stadium to go to because there's not much to there's not not much in the way of attractions or amenities. There's no uh, fountains to play in, or, or or there's no mini golf to play, or um, carousels or Ferris wheels or nothing. It's 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 a giant concrete box that is a home for sports. So maybe that is the reason why the fans are so crazy is that, well, it's kind of a chicken or egg type situation. Did, did the stadium attract fans who by nature would be a lot more intense or did the lack of any type of distractions force the fans to really participate in the field of play? I don't know, actually. That's, that's, that's a tough question. I have no idea uh, which one that is. Uh, I actually, you know, the more people that I talk to there, I think that even if there were a lot of the distractions, most of the fans that showed up would still be focused on the play on the field because I think that's just, they have a lot of pride in their team and in their city and in just the game of baseball. And, you know, Oakland, there's times when Oakland gets a bad rap, you know, much like cities like uh, Baltimore or Philly or, you know, my beloved Detroit, you know, sometimes the cities themselves, the problems that the cities have they're an easy target if the team isn't playing well or for rival teams to to attack you on. But what I found is that in most of those cities, that's where you're going to find the most proud fan base and the most dedicated fan base, the fans that will support that team and, and connect with that team on a level that maybe a more affluent city fans, you know, uh, may not participate as much. You know, I'm not sure if that made any sense right there. Sorry, I'm kind of... This this is kind of a new thought for me, um, so I haven't really thought about this before. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating to me as to why it is that the people in Oakland here are just so much more um, loyal is the wrong word because everyone's loyal to their fan base, but just they 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 do. I think connected connected is probably the best word. They they seem to be the most connected with their team than anyone I've seen so far. You know the team and the and the fan base is one. They have they have a singular identity, and that actually brings me to the interview that I did with a gentleman by the name of Raphael. I met him in line actually on day two of my trip to Oakland. When well, you hear about it in the interview there, but uh, I had gotten to the stadium quite early because this was one of the few promotional giveaway days that's been on my tour. And by far, this was also the best giveaway that I was a part of, as they were giving away uh, replica Josh Reddick jerseys, which were surprisingly good. Um, I threw it in the wash, actually, when uh, I got back to the house that I was staying at, and it's completely stayed intact. So kudos to you, Oakland, for giving away a jersey that doesn't fall apart as soon as you put it on. Uh, but Raphael uh, was there with his family, uh, his young daughter and son, and uh, his wife, and he just told me a little bit about 
kind of what makes Oakland special and his memories of going to games at O.co. It's a brief couple of minute interview and uh, join me afterwards and I'll talk a little bit about the specifics of O.co that I, I really loved. So um, hope you enjoy. All right, so I'm standing here with Rafael. Rafael, nice to meet you. And we are outside of uh, O.co Coliseum. I kind of like call it an Oakland Coliseum, but I guess O.co is the official name. And we're waiting in a ridiculously long line for everybody to get a replica Josh, uh, uh, is it Reddick tonight? Yeah, okay, so Josh Reddick jersey. And uh, so I figured I'd, I'd get a chance to talk to you. You've been, a, you, you've been going to Gangster for how long now? A long, long time. I've been here since uh, 2000, 2001, been coming into this, uh, this Coliseum. Love my ace. So, did you grow up an A's fan, or do you, uh, did you come to it later in life? I actually, my father was the one who was the A's fan. I became a, I was an Indians fan because of uh, Manny Ramirez. Uh, I came to this game wearing an Indians jersey. Bad idea. And then after that, I, I started watching more of the A's, and hey, I fell in love with these guys. So. Wait, so you came to the Coliseum wearing a Manny jersey? That's right. Oh my, how did they treat you? I mean, you were a kid then, but how did they treat you? I was a kid, but you know, they, I still got those boos. It was okay, you know, whatever. I, I walked by, my dad was there, so I, was, I feel protected, but still. You know, the fans are awesome, you know, they're, they're great, but uh, yeah, it was, a little, it was a little intimidating. So was this the first time, was that your first ever time at a baseball game? That was my first time ever coming to a nice game, yeah. That is pretty incredible. And so you, uh, you said you came with your dad. Was it just you two? Was this something you two bonded over, or was this kind of just a, uh, uh, kind of a fun night out? It was just us two. Uh, my father played baseball for a while. Uh, he played in Mexico, so he was a little, uh, you know, he grew up playing baseball, so he wanted me to play baseball. I was more into the soccer, but I fell in love with the game, so he brought me to my baseball game, and I loved it. Very nice. So we were talking a little bit before we put this on about how, you know, this is a very big stadium, obviously, and it's, it's, mainly, it's more of a football stadium than it is a baseball stadium, but there is some uniqueness to it. I mean, what are some of the things that, for people who look at the, uh, the Coliseum and only think of the bad things, what are some of the really positive things experiences or just little nooks and crannies that are here that you really got to be here to appreciate. Great fans. I mean, a great team. All the all, all the Oakland Athletic guys are awesome. You go down there, you talk to them and they love to talk to you. Love to sign autographs, take pictures with you, which is awesome. Not a lot of players do that. And so there's definitely something that to look forward to. No, you're absolutely right. I, you know, a lot of the stadiums I've gone to, the, the players seem to be a lot more cut off from the fans, and there is a lot of security in between them, and they really don't. Yesterday, I was uh, uh, checking out some of the players, and I was really impressed at how I saw a couple guys signing autographs right before the game even started, you know, right along the, wa the wall there, and just, you know, really doing their best to, to give the fans a, a special experience, which is a bit unique here. And yes, I will agree, your fan base is ludicrous the the you know last year we had the Bernie lean and now i was looking yesterday and people are just bouncing their heads and with the noisemakers and it is a a truly unique crazy ass uh time here at the ballpark so if you can just tell me a couple of your favorite memories of, of coming here and kind of uh just some of your experiences here at the stadium hatterberg 20th win gotta remember that man were you here for that i was here for that game oh, oh yeah. i'm super jealous it was an awesome experience are you thinking all right here we go you know we blew up a living run game or a living run uh, you know ball game what's next and here comes this guy you know scotty hatterberg boom hits it out wow how, how can i forget that well, actually you know what this is great then so when i saw moneyball in the theaters i remember watching that game on tv and being like oh my and being crazy but when i watched it in moneyball i actually got a little bit of i i I got a little bit of a chill, I mean, because that was a really amazing experience. What was it like, have you seen Moneyball, and what was it like for you to kind of relive that, fictionalized a little bit, but what, what would you think uh, reliving that? Oh, man. 
it was uh, unbelievable. I, looking at it again on TV, and it took me back to a lot of memories, and took me back to that game where all of a sudden it's gone. It's awesome, dude. So, the whole stadium was crazy. So would you say that's probably your favorite time ever coming to uh, an A's game, or is there something that maybe uh, eclipsed that? That, hands down, is probably going to be the best memory I've seen from uh, here, personally, uh, in Oakland. So, Have you ever challenged any playoff games here or anything like that? I did came to a couple playoff games against the Yankees. Uh, I sat up in the nosebleeds, but it was worth it. it was, we got beat, but hey, it's all right. You know, There's always next year, and you know, we keep going. That's how we are here. No, absolutely. So, all right, I just want to end here. And you've got your kids now here. And and what is your, you know, you got a little daughter here, which is very beautiful. Do you think you're going to try and get her into the game at all? Or, or how is she coming to the game of baseball? Oh, absolutely. We're already uh, hitting the ball out there. I got all geared up with Ace. You know, she's got her bat. She's got her glove. All, she loves pink. So pink, pink Oakland Ace. So got to love it. So I'm definitely going to try to get her into the game. And so is my son. So. That is very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to me a little bit, and uh, hopefully we'll get an A's victory tonight. Right, thank you. Right. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed my brief little chat with Raphael. We ended up getting to know each other pretty well as we sat out in the hot sun for a couple of hours waiting for our nice little jerseys. But I wanted to talk about a couple of things that were brought up during that interview. Uh, first and foremost being the access that the fans have with the players here in Oakland. You know, it'd be one thing if the fans of Oakland were were always loud and passionate and crazy for this team without really any reciprocal behavior. But one of the reasons why this this team does so well and this team is so beloved is how much the team gives back to the fans and kind of the symbiotic relationship that the team and the fans have. They are truly, you know, intertwined. The only other place where I saw fans being able to have as much access to the players was in Arizona. But even in Arizona, it was, if you were lucky enough to have a seat directly on the field there uh, along the the uh, home team's dugout, you'd get the players to sign a ball for you or sign or, or, or whatever you had on you. But here in Oakland, pretty much completely down the uh, third base side, I'm sorry, the first base side, excuse me, uh, where, their, where their dugout is. And, you know, anyone who, who came down to that area, you know, these, these players were chatting with them. They were snapping pictures with them. And this is all, you know, right before the game. I was very impressed by how much interaction that the players had and how much they would wave to people in the, fan, in the stands and how much they would you know, really just just let the fans know they appreciated them. And believe it or not, that's something that doesn't happen as often as you would like. Um, I understand, you know, there's there's 162 games, and, you know, for us, we might be going to one game, and that's our special day out. But for these guys, it's their jobs every single day, so they don't really want to be chatting with folks all the time. But, you know, I think there really is a, a familial attitude to this, to this entire franchise, you know, whether you're in the stands and the dugouts or on the field, you're all, you're all kind of, you know, you're all one, you're all part of the same big family. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was I, I did mention briefly in that interview that I prefer to call this Oakland Coliseum as opposed to O.co. Um, you know, I haven't really talked too much throughout this podcast about my thoughts on, on corporate sponsorship and naming rights and, you know, I kind of go back and forth on it. On the one hand, I understand the financial aspect of it. I, I, I get from the business side why, you know, it's such an attractive uh, 
deal for the teams and also for whoever it is that's using that that as a marketing tool. But just be a little clever about it. You know, O.co is so clunky and so kind of, it doesn't really roll off the tongue and it, it sounds pretty silly and it doesn't really define, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they need to, Oakland needs a name for the Coliseum. You know, the Coliseum is, is, is fine, but that, that invokes images of gladiators and, and it's the gridiron, it's football. You know, with, with Golden State, uh, the Golden State Warriors heading back over to San Francisco sometime within the next couple of years here, I think obviously this is the perfect time for them to tear down the arena that's located directly next door and just go ahead and build a dedicated baseball stadium, maybe make it 38, 39,000 seat stadium, maybe 40,000 seat stadium, small enough where, and also build the acoustics well enough where Oakland will literally be the scariest place on planet earth to play a ball game for opposing teams. Just, you know, if you can build that correctly and you just transplant those fans from across the street, I mean, I can't even imagine how intense of a, of a uh, experience that will be, but I believe that that needs a good name. You know, I do believe that there's, there's a lot to be said about the name of the stadium that strikes fear. You know, I don't care if you call it the pit or you call it, the whatever I call it something clever just try to stay away from clunky corporate sponsorship you know Wrigley Field that's become a part of of Americana um you know Chase Field is 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 fine um Comerica Park you know I, I've gone back and forth on and I like it there's it's a little bit frustrating you know the great American ballpark is one where people don't even realize that it's corporately sponsored <laughs> you know so it, it's it's perfect in that way but when you when you call your your stadium o dot co you're you're pretty much just there's no allusion to it that is flat out just you know we're advertising a website <laughs> so just something to keep in mind you know i understand like i said absolutely keep the corporate money coming in owners out there who <laughs> may be listening to my little podcast here but it can always be oakland stadium presented by o.co or brought to you by o.co or or something along those lines you know but i don't know i just feel like it's not accurately representative of the experience that you're getting at the coliseum so if you couldn't tell i had so much fun in oakland which started as a miserable experience where i was frustrated and angry and very disappointed in the city of oakland for just the awful stadium. It is an awful stadium. I, I I will. I have to be honest. It you know for a baseball game, the stadium itself is there's no love at all. There's no. You're too far away from the field. It's too cold. It's too concrete. It's too massive. It's too. You're 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 just. The stadium's not good. You know, but luckily, and I'm sure you're sick of me saying it. So I'll, this will be the last time I say it best fans in baseball. I got 14 more to go, 14 more stadiums to go, so maybe they'll be dethroned, but they are in such a clear-cut lead right now that I'm not sure it's going to be possible. I had so much fun in Oakland. I I, I can't even... 
I'm gushing at this point. I've now spoken for, for nearly half an hour about how much I love it. So I'm, I'm going to save you guys from hearing me babble on any further. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up another episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, before we do wrap up, please check out the the uh, website at roundingthird.net where I've answered some of those questions. And also you can just see you know the photos and the write-ups and just get a little more in-depth on this tour. Um, I've described how I paid for the tour, what kind of car I'm driving, how I came up with the schedule, you know, all sorts of little tidbits there you might be interested in. Uh, you can follow me at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. It's at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. Uh, email me at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. And keep on listening. I really appreciate all of your listenership. It, um, I'm glad I can share something like this with you all and some of the stories that I've been hearing from some of the great fans I've met and just my experience along the way. So with that, that wraps up another episode. So please join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse Podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.